You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 36. We said we'd never own a minivan. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Wherever you are and wherever this finds you, thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If you are checking out the podcast for the first time, thanks for checking it out. Welcome. And if you're coming on back, well, thanks for still listening and coming on back. You can find me on the Twitter sphere at, at Jody Livingston. That's J O D Y. And of course, over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All of the links, all of the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find over at the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 036. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 036. Great interview today. Very important topic, one very near and dear to my heart as we talk about longevity So uh, you're going to want to stick around and listen for sure, especially towards the end. We're giving away some free stuff. And so be sure to listen all the way to the end and find out how to win some free stuff there at the end of the interview. It's kind of a long episode, but it's a really, really good one. So I hope you'll stick around and uh, listen all the way through. Make sure to head over to the show notes page. Check out all of the cool stuff we're going to leave for you there. And as always, if you're finding the podcast helpful, man, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and write and leave a review there for the podcast. Helps tremendously with the rankings so other youth pastors and youth workers can find the podcast. Thank you so, so much to everybody who's already done that. A bunch of you guys have done that, and I appreciate it very, very much. It's super encouraging to me. It lets me know that you're actually finding some value here, that you're finding it helpful. And so I appreciate you taking the time to do that. In particular, iTunes, you can head over to thelongerhall.com slash iTunes, and you can uh, write and leave that review right there. So, like I said, great episode. Talking about longevity today. What does that mean? What is it? What do we really need to, uh, to have that within our ministries? What are some principles and underlying things there that we must have and must do? Some expectations off of the front end, especially there we're going to talk about so really, really good stuff here today with youth ministry veteran Chris Trent. So with all that said, we'll jump in here to today's interview. Here is Chris Trent. Well, hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on today and uh, chatting a little bit about longevity. Obviously a um, huge heartbeat of mine and burden for for me as, you know, the blog and the podcast. Really, the whole focus for me is to encourage guys to stay put and to invest and to do it well and to to really be able to not just kind of survive where they are, but really have a ministry that they love, they're thriving in, and one that they don't want to leave, kind of creating that. Um, so I'm excited to have you on today, um, especially in light of the new book you have coming out, just some great, great wisdom, and we're, we'll get to that for sure. Um, so why don't you go ahead and then tell everybody a little bit about yourself and a little bit um, kind of about your journey in youth ministry thus far. That's great. Well, man, thanks for having me. Um, it's awesome to be on a podcast. I've never been on a podcast. This is my first podcast well, ever. Here you go. It's a good uh, one to start at. Yeah, it's great. Perfect. Yeah. Um, 
Oh yeah, I'm Chris, and uh, I'm a middle school pastor currently. I've been a middle school pastor working with sixth, seventh, and eighth graders now for a little over eleven years, and uh, that's what I do now. Uh, I've got a great family. Uh, got a son that's in ninth grade, so I've had that situation where my kids have come through my youth group now, and I've got a sixth grade daughter also. They're both awesome, and yeah, so I, I, I I'm I'm a product of mentoring. I'm a product of a youth pastor uh, between my junior senior year of high school. I was invited to go to a youth camp. I was totally unchurched. Uh, my parents had divorced when I was in middle school. It set me off on a little bit of a journey trying to fill that void in my life, and that resulted in a youth pastor reaching out to me saying, hey, come to youth camp. I didn't know what that was. I sure didn't know what church camp was. So I went uh, to uh, Centrifuge up at Ridgecrest, North Carolina, yeah. and and trusted Christ there that that week and really set me on a on a journey a totally unexpected journey, but it wasn't long at all. I mean, within that year that I started feeling that uh, that desire to do to do youth ministry like as a career, and my youth pastor continued to play a large role in that and helped me to go to college, even though I wasn't really college material at the time, and uh, helped me to get to college, and uh, eventually led to me going off to to school out in Texas with my wife once we got married. So. Spent about eleven years out there in Texas, love Texas, but and now you're an author. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, right. And, and now I've, I've written a book, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> some right. of my teachers from high school would be like, "What? what? Yeah, wait a minute, that's <laughs> wait, not the same." Wait guy. a second, what yeah. happened there? Nobody so. asked me. Yeah, and you love middle school, do man, I do. I, I'm passionate about middle school students. Even when I was uh, a youth pastor in Texas for that that period of time there in my life, when I had seventh through twelfth graders. Always had that that leaning towards the younger students. Always felt like it was a great opportunity to pour into them, and I feel like that resulted in as they got into high school, I had you know that much more of a, a better relationship with those students. Sure. So always had that leaning, and it's really cool to get to do just that now. Uh, I know that's a blessing uh, for sure, and we're loving it though. So how did that look before? I mean, because obviously you had middle school and high school together. I, I would imagine most listening are probably in that situation. Um, how, how, do you, how do you deal with that, like as a balance as far as – because I, I tell youth pastors a lot, especially when they're new to where they are, like minister to the high school kids when you first get there for sure, but pour into and invest heavily in the middle school students because they're going to be your high school students later. That's going to be your youth group as you – stay put and build that culture. But how do you, how do you manage that balance between middle school? Cause they're two different animals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, I think we could do a whole podcast on that. So if you'll have me back, we'll just do a middle we school talk. Uh, cause, I, Cause I, I, no joke. I think we could spend a lot of time, excuse me, a lot of time talking about, you know, how to balance that when you have middle school and high school in the same group. Uh, the quick version is I typically say as much as possible, try to split them. Yeah. And, but don't over overdo that because depending on the size of your group and what your resources are and what your volunteers are, all that's going to impact that, no doubt. So you don't want to make an unwise decision and go in there, guns a-blazing, and just say, hey, middle school and high school We're splitting, yeah. Split completely now. Well, that may not work depending on where you are. And But if there are little things you can do uh, to allow middle schoolers to play like middle schoolers. I was just this past Wednesday night standing in our Wednesday night worship with just seventh, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And I was watching one of the uh, sixth grade girls dancing during worship. And I thought, man, if high schoolers were in here, there's she no way she'd do be doing that. She'd yeah. feel intimidated. And so uh, so, so in, any type of little moments like that, I think is huge. Yeah. And I that. think you can do that with two or three. You know, you take two or three middle yeah. school. Hey, we're going to go 
Oh yeah. Go to the movie. We're gonna go, you know, bowling. We're gonna go. Well, let's them be them. And also, you know, the high schoolers you know, they yeah, they want to be them too. Yeah, they want to be them too. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Sorry, side note. No, that's all right. Let's talk about always, that later. Yeah. Something something I always <laughs> think about. Um so there's a there's a whole lot in the book, man, I appreciate. Um I love that it is very practical. I love that. Uh, I love that it's very principle based for sure. I think anybody listening could pick the book up and read it and find it helpful, regardless of their context, whether you are a volunteer um, or whether you are bivocational, quad vocational, whatever that looks like for you, um, or whether you're full time. And whether that means that you're full time overseeing middle school and high school, whether you're just uh, exclusive to one or the other, or you're just kind of the catch all person where you even have children's ministry, youth ministry, and the college students who don't really go away. Um, I think the principles found. Yeah, I've been in here I've been there apply. too. Just to, just to be clear, like I've lived that. I lived that a majority of my 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 full time ministry, you know, career or whatever. I mean, has been where I was not just the youth pastor, but also the building and grounds guy. Yeah. So on any given Sunday, I'm on top of the roof with an AC guy. You they know? make you that because they know you're yeah. going to be breaking it. That and the transportation. You know, I was yeah. always in charge of the church van. You know, having to clean it up and stuff. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've lived that too. I think that's that's every. It's like all. It's funny all the things that you end up doing. You know, in in ministry as whole, but especially as a youth pastor, you seem to to kind of collect a lot of random yeah things. Like youth and is sure. is so good. Like I was uh, youth and children, and then you always kind of by default have college students that you're ministering to. If you don't have a college ministry, I was uh, youth and worship for a little while, oh, yeah. which yeah, is really yeah. funny yeah. if you knew me. Um, and you know, and so and now I kind of oversee all of our student ministries here with some help. So it's not just me, but uh, it's just. Yeah, it's just the way it is, man. And I think this is why having a discussion about longevity is so important because it does get you get weary over yeah. <laughs> over time having to wear so many hats. Yeah, well, hard. and here's here's what's you know you I don't know if this is necessarily in the book, but I think I've seen this to be true too. And and I want to talk a little bit about expectations and uh, and kind of some uh, kind of living simply. I thought the first chapter of the book on living simply a life of simplicity is so crucial. But what I found is. Uh, in my life, at least, when I have, and I haven't done this often because I haven't served at that many churches. I've kind of gone someplace and stayed put for a while. Um, you, when you get in to a new position, you're excited to be there. There's not a whole lot to do right away because you don't really know what to do yet. So you tend to start also kind of volunteering for a lot of little things that maybe aren't that time consuming off the front, but you want to kind of make sure you're earning your keep. And the problem is that those things don't really go away yeah, right. you know, a year you, later yeah, when you, you finally do. know what you're doing. And so now you have everything that you were hired to do plus everything that you assumed along the way just to help. And now you're totally spent because you're running a million different directions. And so I, I don't say that. Like, don't misunderstand me. Help. Help the church. Serve outside of your box. I think the thing that annoys me most is when I hear guys say, that's not in my job description. You know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if the church needs it, do church it. Needs it. Uh, yeah. But it can be tricky. You know, it can be a tricky. Great, a great example of that is technology. Yeah. And I think we've dealt with for the last twenty years generation of where, uh, so like the Gen X guys like myself, you know. So we we're coming. I'm forty five now. So as we were coming through, I was sort of the natural one on the staff that knew the most. Yeah. Uh, about technology and right and so. Um, so I would pick up some of the responsibilities of, you know, website type things and, you know, uh, social media type things and all those. But typically the struggle and the challenge there is the generation 
that's above me, they don't necessarily have a full understanding of how much time that actually takes. Right. It seems simpler. You know, putting together a website seems simpler than seems it. simple, yeah. Yeah, you know. It, or a video. Actually, yeah, right? Or well, a video. It was, a, it was a four-minute video. It's a four-minute video. And that's a great, a great example. Like these guys, that you know, you become the video editor, you know, and wow. Yeah. I mean, that could be really time-consuming. That's hours I mean, and hours. A yeah. lot of time put into that. But people who don't do that don't necessarily, you know, fully have an appreciation for that. So, right. so I think you're right to be careful there with what you're uh, – and, and you try, I think, maybe try to decide, is it necessary? Yeah, that's good. Y- you know. Is that's really ne- good. Yeah. Is it necessary? And I think you can help where you can. You just got to make sure that you don't don't push beyond boundaries that you wish, you know, that no one really asked you to. You just felt like I needed something to do. Don't volunteer to do the church website just because. Yeah, yeah. Just you know because. what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't like it. I can do this. It won't take me long yeah, because right. then you're going to be the guy maintaining it. Yes. And yeah, a, a year job. from now, you're, you're not going to be able to do that. Now, you, maybe you're really good at that and you enjoy that and that's not going to be a big strain on you, but you got to use some discretion there. Sure, sure. Because, um, man, I see a lot of guys get overwhelmed and burn out early in to any stage of momentum just because they're doing so many other little things that they just kind of naturally took on on their own. They kind of did it to themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, and, and one thing to kind of keep in mind, I think, as – because what that brings to my mind is the challenge that comes when you're doing, if you're listening and you're like a full-time youth pastor. Yeah. And and you find these moments in ministry where, you know, Wendy and I, my wife, Wendy, we, we'd always say this way, like there would be weeks where I would come home and go, and it's been two weeks since I've done youth ministry. Right. And my heartbeat is a youth pastor. That's where my heartbeat is, you know, but because of all the other things. And so those are challenging days. Uh, yeah. To try to figure out, okay, well, how can I still maintain some focus on youth ministry uh, with, without getting too burnt out about this, you know, building project that we're doing or whatever that right. might be? Uh, so, uh, trying to 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 not get caught up in that to where you lose your passion or your vision for what you're actually, yeah, what you're really wanting to do. So. And there's a, there's no doubt a lot of things you're good at that you're not necessarily called to. Yes, and so I think there's some discernment. Yes, that, that plays in yeah. that as well. Um, and it, it takes a while to figure that out. It does. Is that take true a while for you? Yeah, it took me a while to figure that out. Because I do love music and I led worship for a while. Yeah. And it, it took me a while to realize, hey, okay, I'm okay at this. Yeah, I could do this and if I, like I had it, to, but, but I'm not supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm that way. I, I can rip up some Lord out of Lift Your Name on High, though. Can you? I do I, it in the round. I'm really good at dodgeball. That. <laughs> But not as good as I was a couple of years ago. Right? No, it's terrible. Anyway, that's what you get when you're team director for a long time at a nonprofit. You play a lot of dodgeball. A lot of dodgeball. A lot of dodgeball. So let's talk about um, let's talk about living simply. Yeah. This life of simplicity. Because I think drive a Kia, not a Honda. I'm yeah, just kidding. <laughs> I have a Volkswagen. I have an old Volkswagen. You know, um, I, I yeah, I read that chapter. It's such a good chapter to begin the book with. Sure. Yeah. Because I think especially. Um, younger youth pastors, and this—that's not like a stereotype or a slam. Yeah. But I know for me, starting out as I mean, I, I was a youth pastor at eighteen, which is crazy. Um, I don't recommend that. But you kind of have these expectations. These maybe you don't even realize that you have them, but these un, unsaid, unwritten expectations for yourself. And then as you kind of even get a little older, like for us. Uh, we married young, and we had kids a couple years later. So at 22, I had been married for two years, and, and we were sitting there looking at, staring at a, our first kid in our wow. little apartment. Yeah. And I, but I had been a youth pastor at that point for you know four years, and so 
that's a life-changing moment for sure. And then as our kids have gotten older, that struggle for simplicity is really, really difficult. And, and, and even now, um, even now, like my wife and I had a conversation about a month and a half ago that said, we are running ourselves crazy. Like we have got to find a way to simplify yeah. what we're doing right now in this season of our life. Cause we've hit, you know, that baby now is middle school, older middle schooler, our other kid, we got four kids. So three more coming right behind her and things aren't necessarily on their own going to slow down. Sure. Um, and so the, the importance of that, what is that? How does that play out? What does that look like? And, you know, yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting is you're you're um, and I here, here's what's going through my mind right now because uh, simplicity is is so important. I think for a youth pastor to figure out, but it's not just about money, right? And what you were talking about wasn't so much money, right? I mean, some of it is, but I mean, it's some of it's time, yeah. And uh, I think all those things are super important. And I think the tricky part about simplicity for me was. Uh, it's not as important when you're 25 right. as it is when you're 30, 35, 40, 45. I feel like as I've gotten older, this sounds very dad-like. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you know. I am. Okay. You're pretty old. Uh, you know, as I've gotten older, I've started to go, man, like this simplicity stuff when it comes to money and time, it, it really matters, you know. So so the way that's played out uh, in our life, what, what I've noticed well, first of all, I'm going to doctors that are my age now. Right. Which is really weird you know, when you weird. roll into a doctor and you're like, dude, how do you know something about being a doctor? Because you're younger than I am. It's weird. Yeah. But uh, that's happening. And I think I say this in the book. It's, you know, when you're 25, and I love that, and I love those days. And again, yeah. this is not a slam. Oh, yeah. It's not a old man looking down at young man. I mean, it's, when you're 25, you being the lowest paid guy on staff or gal on staff, it's a little bit of a badge of honor sometimes, you know, like yeah. when we get together at youth conferences, we kind of joke about that. Right. You know, it's kind of, oh, yeah, we don't make much money. It's kind of a badge of honor because we joke about it. You know, it's kind of funny. It's the love of the kids. Yeah, right, yeah. right. You know, I can just do, you know, I'm just doing this and we're just, man, we're just, you know, maybe you're married at the point. You're just, man, we're in love. We got each other. You know, right. it's like great. Awesome, right? <laughs> so uh, um, my wife and I joke about how it's not, and I like it is on TV all the time. Yeah. Right. But, uh, we got each other in Jesus. Yeah, That's yeah, all we need. Yeah. So, uh, so that and that's great, you know. Those are those are great days. The challenge is if you want to experience youth ministry for a long time, the the pay doesn't increase a whole lot over the years. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you know, and the uh, even the uh, the level of influence doesn't get super high over right. the years either. I mean, you're still going to be the youth guy on staff, and um, and I'm sure there are some churches that that go against that and are, you know, the exception to that rule. But they're but, the exception. But they are the exception. I think most churches have a tiered uh, pay scale when it comes to senior pastor down to youth pastor, children's pastor, you know, right. and uh, and typically you're going to be on the lower end of that. And like what I see in the books, when you're 25, it's a badge of honor. But, hey, but when you're 45 yeah, and you look around at other professionals that have the same level of education that you have – and have the same years of experience as you have, uh, you start to see a, a, a bigger difference in, you know, in money. And again, this is not an actual. If you happen to drive a Honda, this is not an actual. It's not so much about the Honda thing. Right. But Wendy and I, we you know, we drive a Kia, 
Yeah. And we shopped for a mini, new minivan, you know, recently. And uh, um, and don't make fun of me. No, I'm not going to make fun of you. I'll, I'll make fun of you later. Yeah, the minivan, I love We have it. a minivan. It's, it's, it's got electric doors and electric back. We it's, have electric you doors. You push the button and it's open. We have electric doors. It's sweet. One, I love both it. of them work most of the time. Do, do you have a name for your van? Mm-mm. We call ours a swagger wagon. Oh, is it horrible? <laughs> is that's that, right, is that yeah. inappropriate? I don't know. If this no, is we had we we drove Suburbans yeah. before this. We also have like little Disney pictures, like the little heads on the back. I mean, we're hard we're hardcore like family nerds, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, have you ever so, heard? Have you ever heard? Uh, this is random. Sorry, yeah, that's all right. Have you ever heard minivan by uh, by a guy named Fornone? I've not. I've heard Andrew Peterson's. Uh, I'm a family man traded in my Mustang for a minivan. Oh yeah, you need to go go yeah. look up. You can YouTube that. It's on sure. YouTube. But it's a it's a guy's name's Fornone. It's like nerd rap. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and uh and he's got a song called Minivan. I will yeah. link to that in the show notes no, no. because it is fantastic. Is it just start joking about how awesome it is? I hope. Yeah. He's like oh, you can keep your Lambo doors, my doors slide shut. Yeah. My car seats up to nine car seats. I know, right? You know? So where are you going to put all your kids and your groceries? I'm saying. That's I'm what he said out there. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and there's a bunch of 25 year olds right now without kids going, I'll never have a minivan. I'll, n- I'll never be. I'm I'll an SUV forever, yeah, man. SUV. I'll never. Yeah. That's okay. what I said too. Yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, so, so the joke, oh, not the joke, but the, the, the thing about that for me is I think the principle there is you're going to have to decide early on to make good choices when it comes to your money. Yeah. So that you don't find yourself, you know, in over your head, yeah, and and not being able to do things because you're so strapped, yeah. So when possible, you know, when you're looking at like a Kia versus a Honda, well, there's a pretty big you know price difference between those two. And uh, again, it's really not about a Kia versus a Honda. That just happened to be the thing in our life, like an sure. example of that. Um, and, and even when you're going out to eat the places. You yeah. know, we're more of a Chili's family than a Longhorn family. No, we you have, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, with I mean, four it, kids, listen, we yeah. can't go to McDonald's right now yeah. without spending $75. Yeah, I mean, I mean so it's, it's just making choices like that. So the, exactly so that chapter is really just all about, hey, keep in mind, you, you don't want to start living in a way where you have these high expectations. You're always going to have a, have to live a life. doesn't mean you're not going to get to go on vacation, but you may have to save a little bit longer than yeah. the next guy. Well, and look, um, that is a that I mean that even kind of goes back to what we we're talking about earlier, even with ministry, kind of longevity of expectation, in the sense that don't start something early on that you can't maintain later. Yeah, and and so whether that's your personal life or whether that's in your ministry, it's kind of the same thing. Like simplicity is, is that when we when we first got married, we had two uh, really oh, man, we loved those cars. Man, I had a Toyota Supra, nineteen eighty nine Toyota mm-hmm. Supra. With the flip-up headlights and the removable roof rack. Like the lights did automatically? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. That was fantastic. I love that car. I got that car. That's a long story. Yeah. Anyway, so I had that. My wife had a Ford Probe, which was kind of like Ford's version of Equally. It was, yeah, they yeah, were, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were, we were cool. Um, th- they both died within like two months of each other. Okay. <laughs> the Ford Probe, the engine blew on the way to camp one year, tr- taking kids in camp because we have a church van, so we oh, were yeah, all right. hiding our car, uh, which is... I don't know if a parent that says, hey, yeah, take my kids to camp in a Toyota Super and a Ford Probe. That seems safe. Yeah. Um, so that, that engine blew uh, there on the highway, in the middle of the interstate. And then like a couple months later, the Super dies. And so we were in trouble. Well, we had no credit. We had no real savings to put towards a car. We were living in like this cheap little sure. two-bedroom apartment. We could not buy a used car. Yes. Could not buy a used car. But... We could get a lo- we could get a new car. Yes. So we went to uh, to the dealership, and I said they were trying to show us all these cars. And I said, "No, I want to see the cheapest car you have on the lot." Yes. And they showed it to us, and it was a Toyota Echo, 
which nobody even knows what those are. It was like this four door egg looking thing. It didn't have power locks. It didn't have power. It didn't have a clock in it. Okay. It had nothing. It had nothing in it. Um, and we had to have that car and it was the only car we had and for a long time. I mean, we drove, we were a one car. Even once we, we, we didn't get rid of that car until we had our third kid. And that was because we couldn't fit. And we, so, and by that point we, uh, we had paid the car off. And so we sold that car and paid cash for a used Suburban. Older, older Suburban. We've always bought, and from that, that's the only new car we've ever owned. And and, and so, I mean, we drive a 2003 Honda minivan right now. It's the newest car we've ever owned. Yeah. And, and it's good for us because I would rather drive a used car than pay a car payment. Yeah. And that's just me. Um, and and so we've we've lived in that. And part of that too, listen, I was a volunteer youth pastor when I started. Then I was a part-time youth pastor uh, at the second church and I was working like three or four jobs. Yeah. Like you just yeah. you just do what you have to. Yeah, and I think the reason the car thing I, there might be some listeners right now going, what are we talking about? Yeah. Cars. What? Cars? What? Why is this? Wait, what? Well, here's the thing. I mean, if you look at your budget, a car payment becomes a really big chunk of the pie. Yeah. You know, and so and it's also one of those chunks that lasts a while. And if you have two car payments, then yeah, you're really then you're really taking a big chunk out of your monthly income. Uh, and and then it goes back to so here's the kind of things I'm talking about. Uh, and, and then what you're talking about buying used, right? So if you buy a cheaper car, maybe that results in you being able to go on vacation. Yeah. So it's those type of decisions. You, you live simple where you can in order to, uh, I guess, provide. You know, opportunities later on, uh, you know, to to do those, those yeah, you're, things you're, in life. You're just thinking long term in that, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I think time. By the way, you know, do we want to jump into time? For yeah, a second? let's do time. Well, yeah, yeah I've got, I mean, because I think that's huge too. Simplicity, because again, we know that youth ministry ministry period takes up so much time, you know, out of your life. And uh, so, Wendy and I, you know, we made a decision early on to try not to play by everybody else's rules when yeah. it came to time. Uh, and that included uh, not signing our kids up all the time for everything that was offered. Yeah. Uh, including, you know, we live in a community where like upward sports and there are sports opportunities, you know. Uh, and we chose not to play sports year round because we just felt like we needed a break. Right. Uh, you know, and looking back, I feel like, you know, we're, you know, we're maybe like five or six years maybe now, it's kind of like from Empty Nest. And so, um, I feel like we've made some good decisions that have helped us uh, be around each other a whole lot more rather than Wednesday night we've got church, you know, Monday night we've got a meeting, you know, Tuesday night we've got football practice and right. baseball practice and ballet. And, you know, it can get everyone. I'm not saying those things are bad. No, you know, yeah, our kids, I know what you're our kids do some of those things. Sure. Uh, but I think the, the key is to, to be selective on the front end. It's trying to find that wisdom on the front end to say, hey, we want to. We want to try to simplify our lives as much as we can and not play by everybody else's rules when it comes to that and uh, um, and see um, see how that impacts. Our, I mean, ultimately, it's going to open up opportunities to do other things together. Right. And if you want to, again, if you want to experience this youth ministry long term, the why this why this matters is uh, it you can't keep living at a at a pace where you just don't have. Time to get downtime together. No, you're right. Because you just ministry is exhausting. Ministry is exhausting. So, so if you if add to that everybody well, else, yeah. what everybody else does. And uh, so over time, and this is why I feel like, and I do talk about this because I feel like this is a huge thing for me. 
I feel like one of the – I don't have any data to show this. It's just yeah. more of an observation. But I feel like most youth pastors, that when I see them exit youth ministry, it's around those toddler years. Yeah. And and those children years when their own kid when they have their own kids and stuff. And I think what happens there is again, y- you just start getting pulled in so many directions. So what I'm proposing is this idea is hey, I'd like to do this long term. Well, if I want to do this long term, I'm gonna have to make decisions to help me get there. So that means I'm gonna have to live a life that's simple at times in order to allow room you know, to be healthy, yeah. you know, in my mind, my heart and you know, my life. So, so that's kind of the thinking there. Well, and I think too, it's really important to keep in mind and I don't know, you tell me what you think about this, but we talk a lot about the fact that um, what we do in ministry is, is, is an immense calling on our life. And it is a calling that is extremely rewarding at times is extremely discouraging at times and very difficult at times. But for the most part, we really love what we do. Great joy in that. But it's a sacrifice. Yeah. And I think, uh, gosh, I can't remember the past. I'm totally blanking right now. But, you know, in when the temple is, is kind of being built and they're, they're calling and asking folks to come give it, David says, um, I will not give to the Lord something that costs me nothing. Sure. And I think for us and for our life, man, there are just a lot of things in our life that if we're going to be faithful to our calling yeah. and be um, used of the Lord to the extent that He desires us to be, we have to be reminded that serving the Lord is a sacrifice. Yes. And that's not some lame humility or... Um, I think that is a, a real spiritual and biblical principle that we often forget. Yes. Um, so it's I, hard, and, it's, and it's hard work. Yeah. yeah. And, and 10 years ago, Jody, you'd, you'd probably remember this. There, there was a, there's a generation of... of of older folks, and I don't mean like ancient old, but like like the generation maybe before us, they were saying things like, you know, God first, family second, ministry third. Yeah. And, okay, this is going to be a little controversial, what I'm about to say. No, um, I'm with you. Okay, so... I, know, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, so, so I think I, I agree with that in principle, like in yeah. general terms. I agree with this idea that God first, family second, ministry third. But what, what we started, and I talked to some other other guys that work with youth pastors a lot. Um, we started seeing youth pastors that took that mantra and they they tried to um, say, "Man, I no, I can't come up here on that meeting because I'm at home every whatever night with my my family." You know, again, I, I think ministry. I think God, my relationship with God does need to come first, and my family does need to come second. And I but think, not exclusive. But the thing is, you you can't you can't draw hard and fast rules right. there. Because the, it, it's hard work, you yeah. know, and I, and I feel like not just I'm called, and goodness might be a little controversial too, but I feel like it's not just that I'm called, Wendy's called, right. and honestly, I think my kids are called, at least currently. Sure. And I don't mean that they are going to do ministry full-time like when they're done. I, you know, right. I don't know, but but God did give them to us, and we're doing ministry, and they're part of our family. And they didn't come into our lives so that our lives would revolve around them, but rather they came into our lives to be a part of what we feel like God's mission is for us. And at times that means we're doing ministry and we're not taking vacation. Rather we're on youth camp, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and, uh, but the key, you know, we talk about this in the family chapter. Cause I mean, if you read the book, you'll see that I am very, very family, man, family's it for me, man. I love my family, but they, they're a part of the ministry, you yeah. know, and they're a part of this and we do this together. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think we could overdo that whole, um, 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think so much is made of balance. Uh, my wife actually came on the podcast and we talked about this, balancing family and ministry. And one of the things that we talked about is there's no such thing. Sure. There's no such thing. If you are trying to figure out how to balance your family and your ministry and your personal relationship, there is no such thing. Sure. That uh, And what we have always said for us is, let's not worry about balance, let's worry about health. Yes. There are seasons in our life and throughout the year where our family is going to need a whole lot more of our time and a whole lot more of our attention than our ministry does. And there are seasons of our life where our ministry needs a whole lot more time and attention than our family does. Um, yeah. And and that's not throwing the other away and completely yes. neglecting it. Sure. But if, look, if my, I mean, where I am in life, if my ministry falls apart and fails, that crushes my family. Oh, gosh, yeah. And if my family falls apart, there's no doubt that that crushes my ministry. Yes. So they both have to work together. Together. Yeah. And it's not one or the other, this one before that one. And that um, starts when you're 25, keep in mind. Absolutely. If you like are when, 25 when years old and, and not you married. you don't have kids. Right. Or even if you are single. That's right. How you live your life then and the choices you make then, are, I mean, it's all going to play into that. Finding that right, that marriage to both, you know, is, is huge. Because you can start, the, and kind of going back to even where we started this, this podcast episode is, is you can start ministries at 25 because you have no other time commitments. Yes. But then, and you may think that you're single forever. Yeah. And never going to get married. But- then you get married, and you can't sustain the ministries you built because it was all dependent on you. You were the one doing it all. Sure. And you were gone four or five nights a week, and you didn't care. Yeah. But now you can't be uh, because you you have a wife and other responsibilities. And so the church, though, still has this expectation of what they've had. And all of a sudden now, not only does the ministry fail in that sense, um, and, and people begin to look at the ministry as not being as successful as it was, but your wife all of a sudden or your husband, your spouse, all of a sudden becomes the bad guy. Sure. Because they're the reason you can't do what you've always done. And that paints them in a really negative light when they could be a huge asset to your ministry. And and so I love that. I love that. Yeah. Let's talk about family and ministry. Yeah. Um, how do you – because I think those two things, we talk about simplicity and we talk about family, those, those tie together really, really closely. Um, how do you – Deal with that as a parent to your kids who are looking around and seeing other kids with everything and doing all these things. Um, how do you communicate that on a consistent basis so that your kids don't become bitter towards the ministry, towards the church, and they, they continue to love the church, they understand that they're a part of the ministry? Um, how do you handle that? You mean from a? Uh, I just threw a whole lot at you. No, like you uh, are you talking from a? Sim- how do you? Is simplicity in there as well? Felt like you were. Sure. Over, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the whole thing. Like, how do we? Yeah. How do we teach our kids that living simply is is not that yeah. the church we're poor because we don't make a lot. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this is what I think. Um, I feel like the, one of the ways you're able to overcome some of that is to make sure that you're healthy, that your family's healthy. Yeah. And it might seem a little bit like a, you know, postcard greeting or something like that, or, you know, but I feel like, you know, if your family's healthy, I don't know that your kids are going to notice that they don't have the coolest tennis shoes or the coolest, you know, jackets or whatever. I I think over time, they're not going to find their self worth, you know, tied to those things. Um, But I think it also means, though, that you're going to have to make sure you're healthy 
when it comes to how much time you are given, how much, how, how much you're engaged with them, how present you are with them in their life. And, and, and all of those things are super important. Uh, because there are going to be moments in life where you go, yeah, we can't really afford to do that. And depending on where you live, of course, and what your, you know, culture's like. Uh, we, I happen to live in a very affluent culture and, you know, my kid, and the kid, and to be fair, the kids that are born into that culture, they can't help where they're born. Sure. It's right. not like they've done something wrong because they get given new cars, but a high percentage of our kids in my, and where I live, when they turn 16, they get a, they get a brand new car. I mean, most kids drive nicer cars than I had to do for sure. Um, that's not a bad thing. That's not their fault. That's not anything they're doing wrong. That's just the culture they live in. But that's not going to be my kids. You right. know, that, that, right. Not because I don't think it's right, but because I just don't have the means to provide that you know, for them. And, and so I think um, part of it, what we've tried to do is you know, stay healthy, but also it's a we've not waited until they, you know, they turn 16 to tell them, oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to get a new car. You know, we've tried to let them know ahead of time, hey, you know, we, this is the type of money we make. This is what we do. This is what we're able to do. This is what we're not able to do. Like you could ask either one of my kids right now, my ninth grader, my sixth grader, why we drive the van we do versus you know, a different one, and they could explain to you why. Like yeah. they they understand that and how we've made a choice there, so I think you know I think that part as far as the life simplicity part you know I think that's huge. Yeah, I think you've you've it's I talk a lot about and I encourage youth pastors like don't build a ministry build a culture, um, especially for longevity like the importance of building a culture and not just a ministry. And I think you have to do the same in your family. You know, you you really in some ways you build a culture. I mean, I was taking my daughter to school this morning early because she decided to tell me last minute that she needed to go early. And so we picked up one of her friends and we're driving and uh, I'm just being a total goofball trying to my best to embarrass her. And yeah, cause that's what, that's what we do. That's what you do when you have a middle schooler and she's just laughing. She thinks it's hilarious. It's really hard to embarrass yeah. her at this point. And I said, gosh, you're so lucky you have such a cool dad. Yeah. Right. You know, and uh, well, her, this is, this isn't me being arrogant, but like, her friends, they love coming to our house. Yeah. They love coming to our house. And it's not they're coming for me. That yes. would be creepy. Yeah. But they love coming to our house because it's fun. Yeah. Fun matters. And yeah. because we actually talk to them. Sure. And, um, you know, and I think we've, we just have that environment in our family. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, ministry for us is a family deal. I mean, our kids, when they're little, they're the mascot. Yeah. You know, like my kids have been going to summer camp since they were six months old. Sure. Like they have always... Yeah, and I talk about that a lot, and that that's huge to me. Yeah, um, and the, so I had a you know my pastor uh, Bob Dean. He's he's now he's he still lives in Dallas, and uh, he uh, he was my pa- he told me early on he said uh, that he wanted his kids to grow up loving the church. Yes, and then he told me how, and and he wanted to make sure his kids understood. An example that he gave me was he said you know there are going to be times where you're up here on Monday night for church visitation. Uh, and, and it's, and you're going to leave and your kids are going to be tugging at your, you know, your leg saying, don't go, don't go, you know? And, uh, he said, but, but there are also times where being in ministry will allow you to do things that some normal businessmen or business women can't do, uh, you know, getting to go eat lunch with them or maybe yeah. going to see a school play or, or those type of things. And he said, he wanted to always make sure his kids knew that. Uh, that they understood that part. 
Um, the, the other thing I heard, Doug Fields, I was at a youth worker, national youth workers convention, I think it was, or either assembly, I'm not sure which one it was, but Doug was talking and Doug, like I know Doug, Doug. you know, Doug, you're both authors now. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I met him. He's great. He's a nice guy, but <laughs> I don't know that he knows me, but anyway, um, anyway, so I think so, he listens to this podcast. Does he? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. If out of this, he ends up calling you or something. Hey, if that'd you be know awesome. Doug, share this podcast with him. Yeah, time. Yeah, hey, yeah, you're yeah. mentioned. So uh, anyway, uh, what was I say? Oh, Doug. So he said he. This way he said. This, I'm telling you, this rocked mine and Wendy's world. Yeah. She was there. I mean, this really changes because our kids were a year or two from coming into our youth ministry. How old are your kids? My oldest is in seventh grade. Seventh grade, okay. So we're, yeah, so and I know the that. conversation you're about to say. Yeah, you're living this, okay? So, so he said, and I was really mad when he first said it. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, because I'm kind of a principled guy, and it go to it went against some of our principles. He said he wanted his kids to love the church, and one of the ways he wanted to accomplish that was um, unapologetically. His kids always had the best small group leaders, the best house for their small group, uh, the best rooms at camp. You know all these type of things, but yeah. he, um, and, and and I thought, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. Yeah. What about the other kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And so, so that was my first instinct, just because again, I'm principled like that, and I have to sometimes make myself wait. Like, what? But Wendy and I really wrestled, and we talked about that, and we're like, you know what? We want that to be true for our kids. So I can tell you now, unapologetically. Yeah. My kids. No offense or, to the other. No, they no offense at all, <laughs> but they may or may not find out like their D now home. Yeah. Before anybody else does. Sure. You know, and they know who they and and if you're a total goober kid in my group, there's a chance that you're not going to be in my kid's small group. Right. Because I don't want you messing with my kid. You know, so yeah. I mean, it's, oh, that, yeah. you know, it's that type of stuff. And uh, but not only that, you know, he talks about uh, the other thing he said was um, my kids. I think this is huge. This is huge. It, it, my kids never have to wait in line to talk to me. Yeah. And that's hard. That's real hard. That is really hard. Especially if you're kind of principled, you're like, and you're trying to teach respect, and you're trying to teach that don't interrupt, don't interrupt kind of thing. And, and finding that balance and that's kind of hard. But here, here's the thing. like, And I don't mean that it – I don't think it means literally that they can just walk up to you and interrupt rudely. That's right. not what we're proposing here. you know. But that your kid can walk up beside you while you're having a conversation with somebody else. And the polite part comes with them not interrupting, but they're standing there and you know they need to talk to you. Yeah. And that you ask the person you're talking to to hold on one second, and you put on your dad hat for a minute. Right. It's hard, but I think over time what that does is that helps our kids to know, yes, this is what I do for a living. Yes, this I have responsibilities. We all have these. But you matter more. Yeah. You know, so 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 when I heard when I heard him say that again, Wendy and I just wrestled and and, and we've tried our best, you know, to adopt that. And the last night my, my daughter and I, Abby, man, we were at Daddy Daughter Dance, you know, and, and there were hundreds of dads and moms there or dads and daughters there at this thing and and i know all these folks you know because i work at the church and so it, it was interesting because i try to really focus on her and not get in conversations with with dads yeah. you know in that moment because i wanted her to know you matter than all these people that are wanting to say hi to me or whatever kind of stuff you know right and it's not a celebrity thing it's just they if you work at the church people want to talk to you and they're going to ask you and they're going to ask you quite hey about sunday you know yeah and so, i mean we're doing this interview face to face yes which is not sure. the way i normally do this but it's cool uh new some new 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 stuff allows us to do this and i've been interrupted several times this morning sure. just trying to get the stuff set up oh yeah and it's my day off and it's your day off but we're doing yeah. it at the church cuz it's the yeah. biggest place, and and that's just sure. That's just life. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I love that. So how do we how do we include our family yeah. practically? What does that look like? Yeah. So I I want to admit up front. I know this isn't always easy, but I th- I think to to not end up bailing whenever you have toddlers in your house, you're, you're going to have to work hard at including your wife and kids, you know, or your spouse and kids, because there are girl youth pastors, you know, for sure. sure. Um, uh, and you're gonna have to work hard at that. And I think part of that is, you know, the practical part is you having a conversation with whoever you work for in advance to make sure they are okay with spending that budget money on your kids coming to camp, you right. know, and you have to paint a, a vision there for them. Uh, you know, why is your wife going to come to camp with your three-year-old son? Right. She's not going to be able to be a small group leader. Why are you bringing her? Well, I think there are lots of reasons why you should bring her. And I think one of the most practical is it does set a wonderful example for other kids in the group about what family is supposed to look like. I think that's huge. I think you can paint that as a, you know, you know, as a vision for your church to give them the reasons why you're going to spend that money. But I think the other part is, you know, even though Wendy's role changed drastically. Yeah. Cause it does. Yeah. Like you should just have her on here, man. She, she could, I mean, that moment in ministry for my, for, for Wendy, whenever she became a mom and she was formerly that, youth pastor's wife that just she was called the youth minister too she loved it she helped me do signups and she helped talk to parents and she was just doing number one everything. volunteer man i yeah. mean just it, we did it together and all of a sudden she couldn't do that anymore you talk about impact and longevity i mean that's a really hard moment for us yeah we and, dealt with that same thing yeah and her role changed drastically and here's where it really gets hard i don't i'm curious if this happened to you so first camp you roll in you're the youth pastor you've got x number of kids you get off the bus, and what is your job? You're a youth pastor, man. You got to get all the kids signed to their in, dorms and sign in and all that rooms. stuff. But yeah. you look over there, and there's your wife with a pack and play, two suitcases, diaper bag, yeah, food for the week, all of those things, and she's on the second floor. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the elevator's broke. Right. What do you do? I mean, dude, that's hard. That's a hard moment right there, and and so. Trying to, and I talk about that in the book a little bit as well. Like, you know, trying to figure out moments like that and learn, okay, first of all, not trying not to get caught off guard by that and being prepared for that. And I'm so thankful for those younger guys, like those, those leader students in my group yeah. that, that would help me with those moments. Yeah. Like, I would, you know, uh, George Jacobus comes to mind. I mean, he was one of the first guys that helped me. He was one of my high school guys that was a leader. He's now a college minister in College Station, Texas. But he, uh, you know, he was great to go put his stuff down. I said, hey, George, can you, can you help Wendy? Yeah, and he would, you know, he would help her get her luggage to the wide did youth pastor duty, but, but those are hard days. But I think anyway, all that so you've got to work at keeping them involved because over time, I feel like it helps. I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like my family they love what we do, and I think one of the reasons why is I include them in all of it. And, we have and it's hard work. It doesn't mean that. it's not easy. It's just because it's not, and but, it's still. I mean, we we've been doing this a long time. Sure. So. Uh, 17 years, this is 17 years that we've been doing this. We've yeah. had kids for all but sure. you know, four years of that. And still, my wife goes to camp with us every year. Now, there's been yeah. years early on, there was no budget. There was no budget. Yeah. So we knew camp was coming, and we had to start saving early. And you paid for your wife to go? We had to. Wow. If she was going to go, yeah. we had to pay for it. And listen, that was a huge 
sacrifice for us. Yeah. I mean, I cannot even tell you. And yeah. there were years where it's like, man, I don't know that we're going to be able to afford yeah. this even. That's tough. Um, we just, but it was important. It was important for us, important for me. Um, but this is what, just a little asterisk here. Yeah. This is where, if you're listening right now, this is the moment. This, this, when you interview for your next church, yeah, this is this goes on that list of things you might want to ask. Yeah, uh, you know what yeah. I'm saying. No, like, I'm with like, you. Yeah. What is their policy? How are they going to feel? Like, let's say you are 25 and you think you're going to have kids in a couple of years. It wouldn't be a horrible idea to have a conversation with your church to say that you're interviewing for. Hey, let's talk about family. Yeah, how are you going to feel about me taking my yeah my kids with me? My kids, you know. Um, look, I'm still going to be doing my job and working and everything, but I just want them to experience it's healthy and it's healthy for the church, you know, and all that. But having that conversation around. And being able inter- to interrupt you. No, you're sorry, good. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think when you say that, you need to be able to kind of lay out the importance of that, not just like, I want to go on vacation. Like, because the, everybody thinks we go to camp, it's vacation, right? Sure. Oh, how was your week off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> oh, let me judo chop you in the throat real quick. You know, I've been, yeah, yeah. week off. Um, and, and so, but being able to say, I want, I, want a, I want a job like my wife. Can, yeah. I you, can I tell you what my wife does? This is like a, yeah. a shameless plug, but also the kind of job she has. Because I, I make fun of her now. Yeah. So a year and a half ago, she started working for Disney. Yeah, that's nice. Which is nice. And yeah. she does Disney travel. Yellowshoetravel.com. That's yeah. the plug. But, you know, in, in all seriousness. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, do it. Yeah, be amazing. No, she's totally awesome, will. man. She's incredible. Wendy. And But anyway, she, you know what she is right now. Literally, and I just got a text from her. I didn't, yeah, I'm not answering it. But it, like, You're in so she, much is, she is in uh, South Florida about to get on a, a cruise ship with her and the two other ladies she works with because they're going on a, a Disney cruise for work. And if you could see me right now, I'm doing the asterisk marks yeah, with my work. finger, you know, like work, quote unquote work. And that's what that's what she does. So well, that, you, may be, you may be thinking that because of the whole, you go to youth camp and some people think because you get to do the blob. Yeah. And that's the pictures they see. And rafting. And rafting. That that's. Zipline. Because you don't post pictures of. You know, three dude, in the if you don't get in your bed right and go now. to sleep, you're, yeah. you're dead. You know, yeah, <laughs> so. I'm gonna duct tape you to a tree. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't don't do that. Don't do that. By the way, that doesn't end well. Yeah, I've got duct tape. Stuff. Not I that I know. Tell, I can't. Not tell that them I on know. Podcast. They're yeah. Not that I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, but being able, all that to say, like being able to communicate why that's important for your family, and 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 being because I think, I do think that some will hear that when you're asking that. And immediately think that you're just wanting to bring your family along on a free trip. Yeah. Or, uh, and so being able to speak beyond that. Listen, I want my kids to love the church yeah. and not be bitter at it because dad's always gone. And even say it. I, I think it'd be okay. What, what if we created a culture of, of youth pastors that communicated to uh, senior pastors and deacons or uh, uh, what's the group of the committee, like the uh, not, not nominee, what's the committee that the search committee? Yeah, right? search committee, like personnel, if, folks. If, if we had youth pastors saying, Hey, I want to do this for a long time. Yeah. I want to experience longevity. I want to do this for a long time. But let me paint a picture for you of what I think it's going to take for me to do that. Yeah. And that one of the things I'm going to need to include my family. Yeah. And, and being able to do that humbly. And I think, yeah. You know, I mean, gosh, it sounds like we're just slam. I'm slamming my former younger self because I was super arrogant punk. Yeah. At 18. Sure. As a youth pastor. I was an expert at everything. Yeah. I was an expert at parenting until I became one, expert at marriage until I was married and not in that order. But, you know, I, I knew everything. Um, looking back now, where I am in ministry and life now, I think I can sit down and have that conversation and do it very humbly. And, um, and, 
And I think that's really important. Sure. I think that's very important. And, and, and look, it may not be a possibility. And it you, may not be. You may yeah. be in a situation where it's just not feasible or financially possible, or your spouse may be working. And not every trip we're talking about qualifies for this. No, my wife does not go on every trip. We're going on a ski right? trip. You know, so 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 pick your battles wisely. That's right. And and let's be honest, uh, going to play laser tag doesn't count. May not count. Right. I mean that because that is a difference. That there's that, that's different than going to camp ski trip. Yeah. May not count. Yeah. It for us sometimes sometimes they go and sometimes yeah. they don't. This yeah. year they're not going. I'm I'm the only youth pastor in America that's never been skiing. You wanna go with us? Yes. You I wanna I wanna snow ski really bad. I'm thinking but I think I've reached I've I've passed the age of like being able to do it without like being so sore I can't walk the next day. Well that happens anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been skiing actually. I've always gone snowboarding because really? I'm that cool. Oh, that is cool. But I Did you I'm fall not, a lot? Oh yeah, I still I still fall a lot. I'm not good. So in, including family is really important. Yeah, super important. Setting those expectations. Yeah, man, are yeah. really important, uh, both for yourself and that's a conversation. If you are married or you're about to be married or when you start looking to marry, all of those are conversations you need to have with your spouse sure. as far as what is ministry going to look like for them. And because yeah. I've seen a lot of guys leave the ministry because yeah. their spouse just and girls, not just yeah. guys, but because their spouse just didn't want to do it. Yeah. And there just wasn't a that that same sense of calling and purpose sure. wasn't there. Sure, that happens. Phenomenal, phenomenal folks who loved doing uh, ministry. And and so I think having those things. And then I would add to that, kind of going back to the camp discussion, you need to sit down with your spouse and have a conversation before the week begins on what, oh gosh, yeah. what that is going to look like for you. Because, I mean, like I said, we've been doing this a long time. Every year, though, it's still a bit of a struggle when we're there because there's always kid needs because yes. if, if our kids go and my wife, un, is she just going to at some, she's going to have to bear the brunt of that a lot. Yeah. There's yeah. just no way around it. Um, it's not fun. Yes. And my wife was the same as Wendy. She was super involved, still is super involved, but was really involved um, early on in our ministry. And, and that role has changed quite a bit for her over the years. And it's changing constantly, right? Mm -hmm. And so what is that going to look like? Because I do have to be youth pastor yeah. and dad. And that's just one of those, you you know, it's a benefit to have my family there. I get to hang out with my family and sit with my family during the meals or whatever. Yeah. We can go hang out. But I'm still the one making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. That my leaders are doing what they're supposed to be doing. That, you know. Yeah. And I'm fortunate enough now to have been here long enough and this is a benefit to longevity. We've built a culture here and the expectations of camp. Yes. So I don't, like early on, those first couple of years, oh my goodness, you're fighting tons of battles. Mm -hmm. But now we don't have to really deal with that. Yeah. Like lights out, lights out. It kind of self-enforces for the most part. I mean, there's always those kids, right? But my leaders do a good job of helping with that. And so I'm not having to do as many of those little things. Camp just kind of, goes for us but i've been intentional from the start to build that because i, I knew a few years down the road i was going to desperately desperately need that yeah um, and so when it pays it. off and it does listen man i mean it's it, it it leads to some really if you can survive toddler years and you hit that moment where your kids at camp with you i mean those are sweet sweet moments yeah you know oh, yeah, for i sure. mean i I still have in in the back of my mind, you know, this because it happened just a couple of years ago. You know, this this moment where 
I found myself leaving like the uh, the rec field at camp, and my son and I, who was at camp as a as a camp kid, ended up walking together. Not by not by pl- we didn't plan it. We just all of a sudden he ended up getting stuck behind, and all of a sudden we were walking together back to the the dorm together, and we just we we started having conversations about the week, and it was this sweet moment of, dude, I'm I'm his dad, and I'm his youth yeah. pastor. Right yeah. now, all at the same time. Like, this is, that's cool. I mean, that was like a really, really awesome moment, you know? And, and getting to have those moments are good, you know? I mean, those are really good. And that's where it pays off. But, but you just have to, yeah, again, to experience that longevity, not just at the same church for a long time, but even like as being a 45 year old or older, you know, because that's what my hope is. My hope is that I keep getting to do this because I love what I'm doing. And, uh, it, it you know, you have to prepare, yeah. you know, to do it. It just doesn't, it's just not easy. And yeah. even within yeah. that conversation of boundaries in an environment like that, like, you know, I've, we've got, we have our oldest is in our ministry, our, our second, it will be there really soon. Um, I, I have to let my kid be my kid. Yeah. Not the youth pastor's kid. At camp. Sure. And for the most part, to be honest, she totally ignores me. Yeah. yeah. Unless there are moments like you're talking about, and those are great. Yeah, but I just got to be okay with that. Yeah, you know I got to be okay with that, and uh, it's good. It's so good. Okay, let's talk about one more thing. I know yeah, we're still going. Yep. Let's talk about um, organization. Yeah, because this is a major, <laughs> major issue. Sure. For most youth pastors I have met and talked to. Yeah. And it is yeah. a discipline and a skill to learn, um, much like anything we do in life. But I think it's one that often gets kind of brushed aside and kind of made excuses for like, well, it's just a youth pastor, you know, and we're having this conversation now. My office is a train wreck because everybody just came in and dumped everything in my office because (laughs) that's what they felt like doing. And so that's what I get to do is go and put it all where it goes instead of, I have, yeah, yeah. yeah, I have a mountain bike in my office right now. I I, I don't even know what all is in my office. It was just like, Oh, put it in Jody's office. No. He'll find where it goes. Don't put it in Jody's <laughs> office. Let's put it where it belongs. Um, so, I mean, organization is important for longevity, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. What, what are some practical things that you see spelling out there? Well, let's start. I think the better, not the better question, as in you asked the bad question. Yeah. As I'm looking at you, I'm standing horrible. in the room with you. Yeah. Here's, see, <laughs> yeah. here's, what, here's what I mean by that. Let's, let's, a question I think before that would be why, why does organization matter? Yeah to longevity like yeah. why why in order to experience longevity are you going to have to figure out how how to be organized and administrate well um so so here's the thing you know and i talk about a, a survey mark matlock took like 15 years ago you know among all of his you know people that are involved in his ministry and i mean one of the number one complaints was how unorganized youth pastors are yeah and if you go to many youth pastor gatherings at all you start to sense that that's true because it's not all, but there are a lot of guys and gals. Their strength, their strong relationship people, which is awesome, uh, but they're a little bit weak on the side of administration. So two two types of longevity that you and I are kind of kind of interchanging here. One is longevity at the same church, you know, where you yeah. stay in one church. And I've been blessed to be at two churches uh, over the years, and um, and so I've experienced that type of longevity, but also longevity in 
being in your 40s or 50s and still being a youth pastor, right? Right. But both of those, I think the thing is, learning how to be organized matters. And you can only get by so long on the, well, yeah, but I'm really great at relationships. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's going to be great for a couple of years, but then parents are going to start getting incredibly sick and tired of you arriving three hours late, you know, from an event because you didn't take the time to plan well, you know, yep. or uh, information about how to sign up not being clear or uh, the check-in process on the morning of camp being a disaster. Yeah, and you those know, are things you've those, got to think through, right? Yeah, and, and and I get that you may not be good at that naturally. That's fine. That's and, totally fine. I, I, I get, and even that God's not even gifted you in that, I, I, I get that as well. But God has gifted us, though, all in, and, and number one, a calling. We've been called to do this. Um, and I think part of that is we're called to do it well. Yep. Excellence, right? So core value where I work at Johnson Ferry, our pastor says um, – you know, if, if a Fortune 500 company, you know, they have a certain level of excellence. And let's say that, well, let's talk Chick-fil-A for a moment. You know, if you, if you know any Chick-fil-A people, their level of excellence, their, you know, is so high. Uh, I've, I've been blessed to go to the organization, like the actual main building, and eat lunch like a, a youth pastor thing they did. I didn't, so, I didn't, so, I didn't get invited to that. You didn't get yeah. Have you been there? No. Oh, dude, I, gotta, I, I, know, people- I know a guy. I know a guy. You know a guy? I do know a guy. I have people who yeah. work there that yeah. have never taken me. Dude, it's incredible. Like all their they get a lunch every day. Like they're people. Like just Chick-fil-A. Like you just swim in Chick-fil-A sandwiches. But I could eat there awesome. seven times a day. Yeah. Uh but so anyway, we would all agree that high level of excellence, right? So what my pastor says, Bryant, he says, he said, you know, if they're selling chicken and they're committed to that level. Now he's he doesn't mean to imply that we're selling Jesus. Right. But but I think it's a fair example sure. of oh, saying, sure. hey, we're not selling Jesus, but we are trying to point people to Jesus. And so we should be doing things with excellence, right? And so, again, over time, if you want to do this for a long period of time, parents are only going to put up with that kind of stuff for so long. And I think rightfully so. And I'm telling you, as a dad who has to sign up for things now, yeah, I get that. Like, cause I can tell you, I'm not going to on the podcast, but I can tell you of the things my kids are involved in. I can tell you the organizations that stink at it and the ones that are really good at it and, and they're all over the map. And, um, so I get that you might not be called to, or or not that you might, I I think that you're called to ministry and I get that you might not be gifted in, in administration and organization, but that doesn't mean you have an excuse not well, to build learn team, right? because that that falls into the category of something you can learn how to do so you have to identify that weakness in yourself early on and say i'm not really good at that so i've got to identify someone in my world i've got to pray and ask god for to, to send me somebody in my world that is good at that that can help me stay organized and help me learn how to do these things because listen long term Again, people, they're only going to put up with that kind of stuff for so long before you get this really, really bad reputation yeah. of, you know, not returning emails or not returning phone calls and not, yeah. you know, those type of things. And there's just, it's just too easy. Again, I know it's not intuitively easy for people. It's, it's easy in this culture we live in. If you can get that stuff right, especially if you can be professional. Yeah. 
that's another you're chapter. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like it's yeah. going to build up credibility with people that you need to have credibility with. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing. Important. There's two things I'm yeah. thinking of when you are when you're saying that. One is you have people who are naturally gifted and good at those things that really enjoy those things. Sure. And so guilty it, it gives you admittedly guilty. Like I've always loved it. Yeah. Um. I have not. Yes. I mean, I appreciate it, and um, and I like problem solving. Yeah. But um, and I've and I've learned to do those things well. Or better, um, and and we take the time to think through that. Yes. What is check in going to look like for us? What is, you know, I mean those types of things. But so I, I think you give people an avenue to serve in your ministry and 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 really serve with something they enjoy and love to do. It may be miserable for you, and it's not for me. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, it's not miserable at all for me. But there are people that are better at it than me. Yes, and so I'm going to let them do me that, too. Yeah. and I'm going to give them. They really enjoy serving, and that's a place where they can plug in. Yeah. Where they may not, rare, rarely will they find a place in the church to use that gift set. Some of those people, matter of fact, the last thing in the world they want to do is be around a bunch of people, like greeting people or yeah. teaching somebody. They don't front. want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they can plug it's in. It's not there. exclusively true, but that's true for a lot of for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. The other yeah. thing is, uh, it, trust is essential true. to any influence, regardless of longevity that you're going to have in any ministry. So when I worked, uh, when I used to run camps, for example, um, and I did some after-school stuff in camps back a long time ago, and uh, we would we were running, I mean, these are pretty large programs, three, 400 kids, and uh, especially the day camp stuff, we would, we would train our staff. I would train our staff, listen, the two most important times of the day, drop off and pick up. Yeah. You can screw everything up in the middle of the day, but those parents will make the judgment of you and mm-hmm. our program, and whether or not they can trust us with their kids, based off of what they see and experience when they drop their Those kids off, moments. yeah, and when they pick them up. And listen, you're foolish if you think that's not happening in your youth ministry. Yes, yeah, you are. Yeah, because yeah. it is. It's totally. And yeah. their perception isn't just tied to the program or the ministry or the church, although it is, but it directly ties to you as the youth pastor, youth worker, youth leader. Yes, it, I mean. They will completely base their understanding and judgment off of who you are as a person based off of moments like drop off and pick up. Yeah. Not fair. It's not fair. But it's true. But it's true. Yeah. And <laughs> you have to deal with that. Yes. You have yeah. to deal with that. And so if you can if you can take some and it doesn't take long to think through that. Yeah. So if there were a real practical moment in everything that we've talked about right now, an actual moment where you can take away something if you're listening and say, I'm going to start doing this. Here it is. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing I would recommend. A do this next year list. Yeah, you talk about it in the book. Do, it's yeah, great. Do, I have yeah. one of those. I, I do, do that. And, and it's a simple commitment that every event, everything we do, we evaluate it. Or yeah. I evaluate it. I always sometimes it's it. like just me, you know, doing the thing or whatever. So, so um, uh, depending on, you know, where you serve and all that, right? So it might be just you sitting there planning all that. But do, a, do an eval. A, and and even while you're going, keep a do this next year list going. However, I keep mine in Evernote on yeah. my phone. Oh man, I'm a huge Evernote phone. Right, I'm a fan. Yeah, love it yeah. on my phone, on my tablet, yeah. on my. Yeah, right. So I just I throw down do it. this next year right before the event starts, and then and as we're going, if we drop the ball in an area, we see things that don't happen, or we go, hey, you know what? I need to make sure next year. But then you got to make sure you, you set check. a reminder to check the list. <laughs> yeah, you check it. Yeah, but but it's. It helps get those things organized, and it helps um, helps you to go. Okay, well, next year, man, we ran out of pins this year at the uh, check in. 
We need I need pins. to make sure I have more pins. Well, it sounds simple, but it's, you that is it. a moment that if all of a sudden you run out of prints or you forgot to make enough medical release forms and somebody's having to, I'm sorry, everybody, just hold on a little while. Everybody, somebody's got to make the copies, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Ugh. Or you're having to copy uh, uh, like medical cards or whatever, like, you know, yeah. the, the insurance cards. Yeah. If you don't have a clear plan in place there and it backs up the line and everybody's like, and it's like you're you, leaving you at know 5 it might happen, and, right? If it, yeah. If you have somebody, I say, if I have the same parent ask the question, if I have more than one parent ask the same question, yes, I need to address that. Yes, early. Even if you put it, and here's what's hard. Even if you put it in an email, even if it's their fault. So we just had an event where we it was all middle school guys. We call it man treat, man treat. I like it, right? We all at this place, we get there and we're handing out T-shirts. And what we realize is that a lot of parents, like, I mean, 20 parents, you know, decided, hey, uh, this is kid sizes. And so I had these little tiny, like, four foot, or, you know, four foot ten kids. And I'm handing them extra large, long sleeve, comfort color shirts, right? You know, so they're humongous. You'll grow into it. Yeah, you'll grow into it. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, but it, cl- but it, cl- now here's the thing. It clearly said on yeah. the website, adult sizes. Right. So whose fault is it? Well, it doesn't really matter at that point because I want to put my best foot forward. I want to be organized in that way. So here's what hit me. Here's where I was wrong. It would have been a simple process for me to look at the t-shirt list and go, dude, Johnny's not an XL. Mom got that wrong. Right. Hey, Mom, did you mean to sign? Sure? Oh, no, I thought that was a youth size. No, actually, it's adult size. Oh, he needs a small then. And you can have your leaders help Check. you with stuff like that. Yeah, of that course. You can, to be. you can find somebody to do that. A mom, there's moms or dads. No, or, I yeah. think that's so good. And, yeah. and Because I find myself forgetting things from year to year. If, when when next year, when Disciple Now you rolls turn around, the page. I don't remember that. You turn I don't page. remember, yeah. but in that moment, sitting in the room, I'm remembering it. Yes. So, yeah. I'm a big Evernote fan. My whole life, if Evernote decided tomorrow that it was going to cease to exist, I would be in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Especially all the trouble. stuff that's in there saved. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't even know what I would do. Yeah, so I think they're going to wait. Like, I think they're building up to this moment where we're saying, "Okay, we have all your stuff. We have all your stuff to get it back. One million dollars. One million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> one million dollars. And so, I mean, if I would just say, if you don't use Evernote, you should start. Well, it's something to consider for sure. Yeah, you at least have, a, a way. And, and look maybe at if you're something, if you're if you're a paper guy, you know, put or, get in a you know, spiral bound notebook, man, uh, moleskin, or whatever I in your back pocket, too. something. And I keep it consistent. Moleskins. Yeah, I just keep buying them, but I don't ever really use them because I don't want to mess them up. Yeah, which is dumb. Yeah. I know because that's kind of why you buy them to write in them. But yeah. it's like I have a problem there. Yeah, I have a problem there. Anyway, I got a problem with that. I I've got all these journals that I started and I've got like. Yeah, two or three things. In two or three pages, and I never really did Yeah, journal. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, well, I have Evernote. I'll put a link to Evernote. And uh, actually, have you ever heard of Evernote Essentials? I think I have that. That's on the resource page on, okay, the, on the blog. Yeah. But if you don't know how to use Evernote, because it is a little bit of a learning curve. Not much. Yeah. It's pretty easy. But, man, Evernote Essentials is, an, is really inexpensive. Okay. And just it's walk like teaches you, through, you how? Teach you how to use it. Yeah, and Michael, Michael really Hyatt, good. he's a blogger, Christian blogger. Yeah, guy, loves that and, stuff. And uh, he loves Evernote, and he's got some stuff on that too, yeah. some how-to stuff. So I'll so put really a link good. to both those, or you can yeah. check out the resource page on the blog. Yeah. It's good. Well, man, we could talk for, about this forever. Yeah, man, and, yeah. And we have a Thanks for time. your time. I appreciate um, And I appreciate y'all listening, man. Huge. Yeah, this has been a good one, uh, for sure. Such good stuff. Listen, uh, I love the book. I've read the book. I have the book. Um, and I, I love it so much that I want everybody to go get it. And so for some folks, we're going to make it a little easier. Chris has uh, agreed to, um, to give away a couple copies here of the book to, to listeners. So here's what we're going to have you do. We're going to have you go to the show notes page. And when you get to the show notes page, you can scroll down and leave a comment there. 
and uh, just share, what do you think? Something they struggle with. with What do you think their biggest, what is your biggest struggle when it comes to longevity? Yeah, I think that's great. That'd be yeah. good. And uh, and then you comment on there. Chris and I will watch that. We'll comment back and forth as well. And then uh, in a couple weeks here, we'll we'll give we'll give this away. We'll we'll pick a couple people at random and yeah, I'd love we'll that. get your address and we'll send you the book. Yeah, it's great. It's super good. I'll also put a link um, to the book in the show notes. So if you don't want to wait, you can just go buy it. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd help a poor youth pastor. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to help. I mean, sure. There's yeah. not a ton of money in, in book No, you don't writing. really make a out. lot of money in book writing. That's <laughs> but, right. but that said, I mean, it really did. It, it's a book that came from the heart, you know, and and uh, and we've been blessed to do this, and and hopefully it'll help some folks out. And yeah, man, and, yeah, youth, I'm super youth glad. Ministry 360's got it, and and I'm sure they'll be happy to send you one. Yeah, so. the, the, it's. Uh, I, I've told you this before. Uh, I've had the benefit of knowing you now for a few years, yeah. serving kind of nearby and through some youth pastor network stuff, but. I'm so glad you wrote the book. I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful that it's you that wrote it, to be honest, because I know there's practical wisdom in there. Um, it's not, this is things that I've seen you and your ministry, and I know that this is things that you're not just telling, you live this out. And so I'm super, super grateful for it. And I really do think uh, it'll be very, very helpful for a whole lot of folks. And listen, uh, anybody listening right now, regardless of your circumstance or your context, uh, there are a few books that I could say this about, but I think this is one of them. This book will help you, uh, and and it will you will be able to relate to this book, regardless whether you're volunteer, part time, full time, middle school, high school, everything. You're you know, uh, th- this is such such a good practical thing for you. So I appreciate you coming on, sharing some thoughts here from it. I appreciate you writing the book. I know that was a long process for you. And I appreciate you giving a few copies away. Yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. So cool. Is there, outside of this book, is there a resource that you would throw out to folks to check out to go, as a go-to? Yeah. Uh, I will tell you one that I've just read that I think is just fresh on my mind, that I, it is top-notch, top-level for me, um, is uh, Craig Groeschel's Hashtag Struggles. Hmm. I feel like... Um, and it's a current issue for yeah. sure, but I, but but I'm telling you, it's one of those cut above kind of books to me because he captures this issue of social media and how it's impacting lives. And the whole time I'm reading it, it's impacting me, it's impacting my wife, but it's also impacting the way I think of middle school kids and what and high school kids and the way they're struggling with social media because we, we sometimes have a hard time helping parents understand the impact. Yeah. So so I think I think that's huge. You know, that type of stuff's huge. Um, so, so that's one that you know that I, I find myself currently. No, uh, I love you that. Know, yeah. Going to you know going to big time, but man, lots of stuff that I read. I mean, I, I try to read a lot, you know. And and uh, is that well, did that come easy for you? No, it's 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 a discipline. Yeah, um, it, it's I talked uh, about that. Too. Yeah, it, it uh, but but it's important, you know. And and I've also given myself permission to stop reading books if I'm not getting anything out of them. Like yeah. I've given up this idea that I've got to finish a book. It, it, it's either, you know, it's great or it's not. And, um, and you know, lots of good stuff out there that can help. But but it's also good to read to your weaknesses too, yeah. you know? So if you're struggling with administration, maybe get a book about and administration, fiction. you know? And fiction is good. I love fiction, yeah. So I don't, I have, I, I'll confess. I just read The Martian. Did Was you read good? The Martian? No. It's got some bad words in it. I can't believe I just told everybody to read that. I didn't really say to read it. Well, I'm gonna, it does. It let starts me th- off with a bad word, like a really bad word. But And you kept reading. Well, I did. But dude, How it's awesome. How pastor are you? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> 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 it's, 
I did not let my, my ninth grade son read it. That's how, yeah. But I'm telling you, it's, it's pretty crazy. That's cool. So, yeah. I just read, uh, it's, a, it's a series of books okay. called the, the Lion of War oh, series. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of these? No. Uh, I'll have to look the author up because I... Play a lot of video games, do you? No. I'm kidding. <laughs> a lot of more Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, video games. Uh, Lego Batman. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at Lego Batman. Lego, I don't know. Um, okay, so th- it's it's based off of David and his Mighty Men. and uh, so Oh, the, it's like Christian fiction. It's I feel like, really stupid now to mention The Martian because it ain't Christian enough. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going spiritual <laughs> on you. I'm like, you Jesus juked me. Dang. Jesus juked me. Uh, no, it's so it's based off David as Mighty Men, and uh, the first one, the first one is called um, Day of War, ah. and uh, and so it's it picks up like when David is on the run from Saul, and they're kind of marching with the Philistines, and so you've got David, you've got the thirty, then you've got the three, right? Oh, awesome. uh, yeah. and, and and the bodyguard and all that stuff, and then so that that's the first one. The second book fast forwards a few years. Once Saul and Jonathan have been killed, David is kind of the rightful king, trying to unite the kingdoms, and the Philistines are now marching against them. And uh, man, it's the whole series yeah. is. Great, and it's the guy's really done a lot of research. It's it's obviously it's fiction, so he's having to add a lot. I mean, sure. you got one chapter, and you're writing a whole book on it. Um, but but the, I think the things that he adds are consistent with scripture. I think that's doctrinally cool. sound. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. I'll yeah. put a link for that too, Beautiful. just for kicks and giggles. Okay, well, hey, thanks for sticking around today. Uh, been a long interview for sure, but I think it's so so good. And the beauty of a podcast, you can stop it and pick up when you leave when yeah. you want to. So great. Thanks for coming on the show again, Chris. We'll definitely, we'll definitely come back on. We'll just talk middle school. I would love that. I think there's a lot of middle school folks that, Man, think that would well, benefit yeah, from I mean, that. I, yeah. So I mean, again, don't forget to head over to the show notes page and leave a comment there sharing what is your biggest struggle when it comes to longevity. And uh, Chris and I will keep an eye on that. And here in a couple of weeks, we will uh, pick a couple of folks there and we'll send you a free copy of the book. And in the meantime, you can find a link to the book on the show notes page. So if you don't want to wait, you can just go buy it. That'd be fantastic. Too. Yeah, be great. So, Cool. All right, man. Well, we'll catch you later. Thanks. Cue the music. Cue the music. Well, there you have it. Great interview with Chris. Uh, thanks for sticking around and checking it out. Lots and lots of wisdom there. Guys, yeah, so, so stinking smart. I really hope you'll go check out the book. It is fantastic in every way. And uh, be sure to head over to the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 036. Go ahead and leave a comment there. And like we said there at the end of the interview, we'll be giving away a couple of these books for free and maybe you'll win them. So be sure to do that. Also, don't forget to uh, head over and write and leave a review for the podcast if you don't mind. Check out the resource page at thelongerhall.com. And if you're not already on the mailing list there, be sure and jump on the mailing list while you're at thelongerhall.com. Get emails every week from me, which is helpful tips, practical things, Um, Just emails when new things come out, when new courses launch, resources that I find along the way that are really helpful. I'll also let you know about there as well. And man, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast and tuning in. Head over there to the show notes page again at thelongerhall.com slash episode 036. Leave a comment there on your biggest struggles when it comes to longevity, and we'll give away a couple books here in a couple weeks. And so keep your eye on that. And if you're just one of those people that can't wait or you're like me and you just never really win anything, um, go buy the book. There's a link there in the show notes as well. And of course, for the minivan song.
by Fornone. You're going to want to check that out. So that'll do it for this week. Another episode in the books. Be sure to head over to iTunes and subscribe there so you get the episodes as they come out each and every week. And until next time, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com. 